Welcome, everybody, and thank you so much for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection on July 12th, 2023. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, our rock and our teacher, we confess that we fall short in our wisdom and knowledge and would ask that in and through your word we would gain knowledge and wisdom and be drawn closer to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Before I get started, I'd like to make an offer, um, and I've done this before, I think, but I don't do it enough, but I would like to uh, let you know if any of you have any prayer requests, uh, please feel free to reach out to me, and they will be kept in strict confidence, I promise. Um, i, I have asked people over the years if they have anything they would like for me to pray for, um, and I think it's had a profound impact on some folks. I know it's had a profound impact on me when people reach out to me and say, what can I be praying for you for? So please feel free to reach out to me, and I would uh, love to lift up any of your requests to the Lord. Thank you. Today, I'd like for us to consider the word wisdom. <clears throat> And I didn't do a search for this, I should have, to see how many times wisdom occurs in the Bible. But it's a lot, I'm certain. So let's see how it fits into God's plan and also look at an unlikely individual whose wisdom and knowledge helped keep the momentum of Christianity moving forward. I'm going to offer three or four different definitions of the word wisdom as used as a noun, the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise, the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment, also the body of knowledge and principles that develops within a specified society or period such as the traditional farming wisdom of India. And biblical wisdom refers to practical skills associated with understanding and living a successful life. Now, there are three books of the Bible that are known as the Bible's wisdom literature, and those are Proverbs, Job, and Ecclesiastes. They reveal the collected wisdom of generations of godly people and they invite us to consider the complexity and simplicity of living wisely. If we consider the power of the message, the power of the Christianity, you know, it's one of hope, love, forgiveness, and this message has resonated with people all over the world, and it's been a powerful force for good in the world. And part of that power is power of community. Christians have always been a close-knit community, and this has helped them to support each other through difficult times. The Christian community has also been a powerful force for social change, and it has helped to bring about a positive change in the world. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week, uh, but I think it's worth repeating. Community is very important. 
realize God's people, God calls people to counsel and support each other. Proverbs eleven fourteen, For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. Wisdom is most certainly gained in community with other followers of Christ. Proverbs 8, 11 says, For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Now, you know, it's okay to ask God for wisdom and discernment. Uh, and I think we covered this last week as well in our study on choices. But I love this verse. It comes from James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. God doesn't make decisions for us, though. <clears throat> He gives us the gift of free will so that we can make decisions and choose to love him or not. Which means we also have to make these earthly decisions. He doesn't leave us unequipped. And we can ask him for guidance and wisdom for these choices through prayer. You know, I was talking with someone recently and they said they heard it was a sin to pray for patience. I thought that was rather surprising, but... I don't believe it is, and I certainly don't think there's anything in the world wrong with praying for wisdom. Now, who comes to mind when you think of someone that asked God to give them wisdom? If you guessed Solomon, you're correct. Here is the count of that in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 5 through 13. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am only a little child, and I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been any more like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. Now our next reading comes from the book of Acts. The story involves the apostles that are brought in before the religious ruling body called the Sanhedrin. Now the Sanhedrin was a group consisting of priests, religious teachers, who meet to decide on legal matters with 
religious, political, and social ramifications. They might, you might relate them or equate them to a court. Now, one individual you're going to hear about is named Gamaliel. He was a teacher of Mosaic Law, or what was known as Torah. The five books making up the Torah are Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. One of Gamaliel's most famous students in the Bible was Saul of Tarsus, who, after his conversion, became one of the apostles we all know as Paul. As you will see in this story, Gamaliel was not only book smart and wise, but he had gained wisdom through seeing the divine power of God at work in and through others. The book of Acts continues the history of Jesus' followers in the period after his ascension. Peter and Paul soon emerged as leaders of the rapidly growing church, which flourished and spread despite and sometimes because of persecution by Jewish leaders and Roman authorities. This reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 5, verses 27 through 42. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theodos appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, Leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin, rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming 
the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Even though the apostles were admonished by the court to stop preaching and teaching the good news of the resurrected Christ, they did not stop. Was it just happenstance or a fluke that because of Gamaliel's wisdom, he convinced the Sanhedrin to let the apostles go? I don't think it would be much of a stretch at all to say that this was certainly part of God's plan. Since the Bible is a unified story that points to Jesus, let's look at what Jesus had to say about wisdom. Listen to his words in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 through 25. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. Well, without a doubt, our foundation is Jesus and no other. It is important to remember that Jesus was 100% divine and 100% human, not 50-50 or 80-20 or 60-40. Remember when Jesus was teaching in the synagogues and got separated from his parents, Mary and Joseph, on a trip. They were anxious and went back to look for him, and when they found him, this was his response. And what follows his response is commentary by Luke. This is Luke chapter 2, verses 49 through 52. Jesus says, Why were you searching for me, he asked? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Yes, I hope you noticed that. Even Jesus grew in wisdom. I'd like to close today with a quote from John Piper. And I quote, The word of the cross is foolishness to the wisdom of this world. That's why the wisdom of men is destructive to faith. And while Paul was, and we should be, very eager that no one turn to the wisdom of men as the basis of faith, but that all turn to the power of God. Let us pray. God of grace and God of mercy, we thank you for your living word that reveals your Son to us. It is in and through this revelation of Jesus Christ that we grow in love and wisdom. And with that love and wisdom, we glorify you through service to others. We lift up this prayer of thanks in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.